So this year, you know that we set uh, several very lofty goals. One of those goals was to send more students than ever to Butler Springs. Butler Springs, if this is your first Sunday with us, is the church camp that our uh, children through students go to. And we offered, so to help with that, we offered those who signed up before the early registration, during the early registration time, which is the least expensive camp will ever be. If you signed up during that time, we offered a 50% discount. And uh, so far, 78 of our students, youngest children to graduating seniors, have said yes to a life. Yeah, that's pretty kind of cool. Uh, to this life-changing experience at camp. And I don't use those words lightly, by the way. If you've been to camp, if you've been to a church camp, you understand that each year we have students come back, some who had not made a decision for Jesus, and something clicks. They've been hearing it before, but something clicks because there's something different about camp, and we get to see something like this, uh, which happened last summer. Uh, some students who have been drifting, and maybe you understand this, they've drifted from their faith over the last 12 months, and there's something about camp that just helps click, and they get pulled back toward God. Others who have been faithful in following, they just are given new tools, and they, they, they learn new things about, what it, about following Jesus. And so we budgeted for this. What we didn't budget for was such an overwhelming response. And you know, so God, as you know, God has been doing big things here this year. And so we're praying that together we can overcome this. It's $7,500 is the offering. We've been talking about a special offering here. It's $7,500 to send kids to camp this summer so that when a student asks us, can I still go? We want, because we know the difference it makes, we want to be able to say yes to all of them. So we, we've been kind of pointing, we've, uh, this morning actually, June 4th is the day we've been pay, pointing toward for that, receiving this special offering. But to be sure, people have give, already given online toward this, and, 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 uh, and there'll be people who give throughout this month and probably throughout this summer, and that's, that's good, that's okay. So if you'd like to give toward this goal, you notice when I'm telling you about this, right? We're done receiving the offering. This isn't about manipulation. This isn't about guilt or watching a video. And oh, I want you to think about this and be part of this. So you can give electronically at MCC Gives. Uh, just go there, choose the camp option to give toward that cause. You can write a check, just designate that. Now, I want to make sure you understand this as well. Please do not just direct your regular giving toward this. Um, this isn't above your regular giving. So if you're able to do more than what you normally do, that's because when you take what you regularly give and point it somewhere else, that damages the work that we're doing here. So VBS starts tomorrow night. That's one of the things that we fund out of our general fund. So that's what your regular giving uh, helps us accomplish, one of the things. Uh, so please, you know, this isn't above and beyond what you normally give. Here, we believe God's going to show up in this effort. He's been blasting through every goal that we've set for this year. And so we believe we're not only going to meet, we just think we're going to blow this thing out of the water. Uh, and so I want to point this out to you as well. You may have noticed on your notes, the, the handout this morning, we are $34,000 behind in our budgeted need. And that number keeps changing. And the last two weeks, just so you know, think back the last two weeks, Memorial Day and, and Miamisburg graduation Sunday, they have been rough on us, uh, especially financially. So anything we raise beyond the $7,500 is going to go toward wiping out our deficit and then starting the summer strong. So here's what I want you to know, because I don't know if this helps you. It helps me when I think this way. Uh, if everyone who gives regularly gave an extra $150 for this, we would not only send every student to camp, we would totally wipe out the deficit. 
And, and so some of you are hearing that going, I can't do it. Well, listen, not everyone can do that. But there's some of us who can do way more than that. And so we're just asking you to jump in the ball game. Sandy and I, to be clear, Sandy and I have already given to this. But um, because camp has, camp changed both of us. It's had a huge impact in who we are today. And so I can, I can just tell you before the month is over, we'll do it again because we just believe so firmly in what, uh, what God does through camp. So uh, listen, we can do this. We can do this. So here's, here's why we targeted today uh, to talk about this offering, get our students to camp. Today we're celebrating our next generations. This is a big Sunday for us. We have uh, our students in the back. They're, gr- they're promoting to the next grade level. So if you have a student back there, they're be going up to the next grade level. Uh, and uh, also today is graduate Sunday. So at the end of the service today, you're going to get to see the, the video of our graduates. And that's really cool. You actually get to see our graduates. And, uh, and tomorrow night, I mentioned VBS begins in this room you saw Chelsea uh, just a little bit ago uh, and so we you, we're gonna turn the place loose on on our kids so we're, we're gonna talk about that so if you have your Bibles open up to Matthew 19 and if you're using a Bible that looks like this it's page 689 in a Bible that looks like this if you don't have a Bible uh, we just take one that looks like this that is near you unless that actually came in with someone else, in which case don't take that one with you. Uh, let them take that one with them and we'll get you another one. Right? Or if you're using the Bible app on your smart device, uh, if you go to the Bible app uh, and go under events, we'll be the one at the top. So just click on that. All the notes for this morning will be there, including this verse, which will sit at the top from Psalm 127. Don't you see that children are God's best gift? That's what we're talking about today is this idea, because sometimes that's easier to remember than others. Harry Lebo was, uh, Henry Lebo was talking about his grandson. It was just a few days after his grandson had turned five. And he said, so he was giving them a little test. Hey, Mark, how old are you? And his grandson said, I'm a handful, Grandpa. And I mean, listen, we know kids like that, right? We know, or the little guy who asked his grandma how old she was. And grandma smiled lovingly and said, honey, I'm 39 and holding. And her, I, her grandson looked at her and he goes, how old would you be if you let go? Um, <laughs> I like how Jane Brooks put it. This is at the top of your notes. Children are like library books on loan with a due date that remains unknown. And we just don't know. And so we have to make the most of every moment we have with our children. So today, as we look at the king and his kingdom, I thought it would be good for us to spend some time being reminded of what God actually thinks. What does he actually think about children. So check this out, Matthew chapter 19, beginning in verse 13. You may be familiar with this story. Then Jesus brought little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and to pray for them. But the disciples rebuked them. And Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them because the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. And when he had placed his hands on them, he, uh, he went on from there. Uh, There are a couple of things I want to point out from these verses to notice about the king's response uh, to children and how that affects what we do here at MCC and how it affects what we need to be doing in our home. So here's the first one. Jesus loves all kids. All kids. Now, when I say Jesus loves all kids, there are some pictures of children that come to your mind and you know it's easy to love those kids. There are other children that perhaps you are aware of, and you know uh, it, may not, it may not be as easy. Uh, I, Dave Gable tells a story of his daughter, Jill. She was six years old, and she was 
helping him in the front yard with yard work, and she was just monkey chattering on about her Sunday school lesson that past Sunday. Maybe you've had that happen to you. She was taught the Sunday school lesson was about Adam and Eve, so he was going to check her on that, make sure she'd been listening. And he said, did you know, honey, did you know that Adam and Eve sinned? And she said, yes, Daddy, I do. And he said, do you know what God did as a punishment? He said, without even blinking, she said, he made them have kids. Um, <laughs> in Jesus' day, in Jesus' day, children were little more than a nuisance to many people. They were often overlooked. Their opinions, their, uh, their wishes were not important. And I wonder how many kids today sense that. They are not important to the people around them. Their thoughts are not considered. Now, I think it's fair to say that we've probably all seen the far extreme of that where parents make their children the center of the universe. And that's not healthy either. But our children and the children around us that we get to influence need to know that they are loved. You know, it's natural for Jewish moms to want to have their children, their, their young children, blessed by a great and distinguished rabbi. I found out that they would make a special effort on their child's birthday. They'd make a special effort to get them to a rabbi on that day. And so when Mark is talking about this, it's interesting. Uh, he tells us the, the way Jesus went about this. Jesus took the children in his arms uh, to bless them. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen a picture of this or not, or if you've ever imagined this in your mind, but when I grew up, this is what that picture looked like. Have you seen a picture like this? That's a picture that's very similar to the Bible, the cover of the Bible that my granny gave me when I was three years old. So this picture is it's not the same, but it's very similar. Notice Jesus's face. When I was growing up, Jesus was very serious. He did not have much to smile about when I was growing up. I don't think that was a reflection on me. I just think that was the times in which, you know, I was growing up. But there are other images of Jesus that I've appreciated like this one, where I think he just told them, and cotton candy for the masses. You know, I'm not sure what he's saying there, but I love that picture. Um, and, but then there are pictures, and I'm thinking, what in the world? I don't even understand what this is. You know, I'm seeing there's pictures of Jesus. But I do think that it's kind of cool that Jesus has an a presence on the we, you know? Uh, yeah, so, um, but I think this is more like it here. Do you see the expression on his face? I mean, he's smiling, holding the kids. Look at this next one. Is that more like what, is that how you think of Jesus when you think of him with children? And look at this one. I love this picture because it, it's almost as if Jesus is the type of person that loves having children with him. Not that he tolerates them. He actually enjoys them. And, and if you look at the children, does it not look like he might be someone they would enjoy uh, being with? You know, that Greek word for blessed carries the idea of this sincere, intense conviction about what he was doing. And, and the word that, 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 uh, for children tells us that some of them were infants that you hold in your arm and others were, were young children, but they were old enough uh, to walk. And Jesus welcomed all of them. You know, people in Jesus's day recognized the value of children, but what they valued was the potential in them. And until that potential was realized, they were not given much value. Jesus was telling us that he values children just for being children. I think it's important for us to recognize that. Uh, so if you are a child, or if you have ever been a child in your whole life, God wants you to know he, he actually thinks you're quite something. 
And I think that's great. Here's the second thing. Jesus loves all children even when it's difficult. Even when it's hard to love them. I read about a teacher who was new to the system. She just graduated. She had some psychology courses in college, and she wanted to try some of them out. So she started out her class by, ask, by saying, everyone who thinks you're stupid, stand up. And uh, after a few tense moments, I mean, it was silent. Everyone's looking at each other, kind of what's going on. And finally, Johnny stood up, and the teacher said, Johnny, do you believe you're stupid? And he said, no, ma'am, I just hated to see you standing there all by yourself. Um, <laughs> you know, there are moments when children are easier to love than others, right? Uh, but sometimes it's difficult, not because of what's, listen, sometimes it's what's going on in their life, makes it hard. Sometimes it's what's going on in our lives that makes it difficult. And part of our understanding this passage and what's going on is to know when it happens in Jesus's life. Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem when this happens. He's on his way to the cross, which helps us understand why the disciples are trying to keep these children away. My guess is in all likelihood, they're trying to protect Jesus. They don't know exactly what's going on, but they've picked up in Jesus's demeanor there's something happening. There's a little bit of tenseness in Jesus that, that isn't always there. And they didn't want him to be bothered. And they couldn't conceive that he would want to have children around him at a time like this. And I'm going to guess you know exactly what that's like. You've had moments in life. Something big is on the horizon and you are just focused on it. Maybe it's a project at school. Maybe it's something going on in your family. But you don't, you don't want to be bothered at that moment especially by children. I point that out, though, because the cross also helps us understand how much value Jesus puts on these children. In verse 14, we read that Jesus saw what the disciples were doing, and look at how the message says it. He was irate. He wasn't just a little put off. He wasn't a little miffed. He was irate, and he let them no. Listen, as usual, Jesus turned popular opinion on its head by seeing people needed to not only appreciate children, we actually need to become like them, right? In, in, in their purity and in their simple faith. In short, he valued them. There is something about all children that, that we need to learn. Uh, and part of it is that they're a valuable treasure. Our adults, listen, our adults have the opportunity to impact children around them. And as Christians, we have a responsibility. It's not just a privilege. We have a responsibility to pass our faith on, not just to our own children, but to the children that we have influence with. However, the bottom line is that no one is better equipped, no one's in a better position to support and motivate their children than parents. So, if the king and his kingdom place such a premium on children, how are we supposed to intentionally do that as parents uh, ourselves? You know, it's interesting, God has always taken a big interest in one generation passing faith down to the next generation. So, check this out. This is Deuteronomy chapter 6. Moses is speaking to the people of Israel. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. We call this the Shema. They called this the Shema. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your strength. Does that verse look familiar to anybody? Do you remember Jesus was asked a question? What's the most important commandment? Do you remember what he said? This. So he wasn't making that up. This is actually something the Jews would say to each other. So love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all of your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. I want you to impress them on your children. 
I want you to talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them uh, on your foreheads. Moses is speaking to parents, specifically guys. He's talking to us fathers. He's talking to dads very specifically in these verses when he says, impress the commands. That word impress, and this is in your notes, it has three meanings. So I, I wanted to make sure you had these. Here's the first one. It means to sharpen. So you sharpen someone's focus when you impress on them, or, or maybe better yet, you stress upon them a certain perspective or point of view. When you, when you impress upon your children the correct view of money and having a job, an honest job where you earn money and then saving and spending and debt, you sharpen their perspective that should, can, has the possibility to shape their financial values for the rest of their lives. When you impress upon your kids to stay away from drugs, you're sharpening their focus. When you press, impress upon your kids the importance of having good friends because the Bible says that bad company corrupts good character, you're sharpening their focus on who they ought to hang out with. When you impress upon your kids that sex outside of marriage is wrong, you're sharpening their focus, and you're hopefully, hopefully building value in them that will last the rest of their lives. Here's the second meaning. It means to teach deliberately. It, to deliberately, so it's not, you're not backing into it. It's not, you're very deliberately doing this, right? And so Moses gives us a pun. I don't know if you like puns or not. Kind of like when the cannibals ate the clown and he tasted a little funny. Um, <laughs> or the butcher backed into the meat grinder and got a little behind in his work. Okay, but you're just bringing it on yourselves. Because <laughs> now I'm going to have to do it again. <laughs> so Moses gives us this pun. He's saying the primary responsibility for a child's education is a parent. Get it? A parent. Verses 6 and 7 shows who God considers his best teachers and their best classrooms. Listen, you know how kids know what's really important to you? It's not about what you say. It's what they see. It's how you live. It's not what you say. It's what you do. God says, make sure that you love me. You want your kids to love me? You have to love me. If you want your kids to, if the Bible is going to be important to them, you, listen, it's more than just owning one and having it in your house. Read the thing. Share it with them. Let them see you reading it just for you. It's not just that you know how to say a prayer. Talk to me. Talk to God in such a way. Just make it natural. Listen to him. Love God with all of your heart and soul and mind and strength. Listen, and then just keep praying this prayer. God, how can I make you known to my kids? What are ways that I can just make sure they, they see you? Talk about God and his commands when you sit at home. So what are conversations like at your house? Or, or maybe better, what, do you, what does your family know you cannot talk about? You know, some parents will not talk to their kids about sex. In our culture, that is unacceptable. That is not an option for us. As the church, we have the answers. You cannot withhold those from your children. It may be uncomfortable, but you have to have those conversations. Talk about God and his commands when you walk along the road, or better yet, when you drive in the car. Listen, I don't know what you talk about when you're in your car. 
Sandy and I, especially for Sandy and I, when we take long trips, we just talk about everything. It just allows for conversation. When we, have the, when we had our kids in the car growing up, some of the silliest conversations we ever had happened in the, we would just say stupid things back and forth to each other, and we just start laughing. And that allows the walls to lower. And now you can have these other conversations with them, serious discussions. If you've had a family member, a friend who has died, death is a serious discussion. Listen, you need to have that with them. Doubts about who God is. Do your kids really believe or they just, I mean, they've got to wrestle with that at some point in their life. Is this really their faith? That's a serious discussion. Dating relationships are serious discussions. Do do they know that you not only love them, but you care a great deal about the person they're dating, that that's important to you? I mean, that's that's an important discussion to have. And then Moses gets even more specific. When you lie down and when you get up, when you get up out of bed in the morning and when you're lying down, bring God up. When our two wanted to talk about being baptized, it did not happen at the dining room table. We had a lot of conversation at our dining room table. That wasn't one of them. I don't know why it was, but they wanted to talk to us about that at bedtime. There's some sort of transparency. There's kind of an authentic moment that when you're going to bed at night, and maybe you've experienced this as well, real things come up. And there's this conversation that you've been invited into. Parents, make the time. Step into the conversation. Moses says, take advantage, impress upon your children, whether it's Tuesday morning before school or it's in the summer and you're hanging out at the pool or if you're getting ready for this fall, a football game on Friday night, take advantage of it. There's one more meaning to the word, by the way. It means to be pierced. When you are impressing an idea or a thought or a teaching or a principle on your kids, what you really want it to do is pierce their heart. So it's actually inside their heart. But most of us who are parents, if you've been a parent long enough, you realize that piercing is what happens to you. Uh, If you love your kids. And right now, if your heart breaks for your child or your teenager, now you understand how God feels. Listen, our, our responsibility is not to make their choice for them. And quite honestly, we can't. You, you probably already know that. You cannot make their choice for them. But what you can do is impress on them, this is where I stand on this. Do you wonder what, if your kids know what you believe or not? Listen, that's, that's important. Do I let them see Jesus in me? So how do I do that? Number one, be reading Bible stories to your kids from the moment they arrive at your house from the hospital. I mean, you, even when they're too little that you think this isn't making a difference, I'm telling you, you're, you're laying foundation. Do that. Read them, by, read them from a Bible storybook. And then when they're older, read from the Bible with them. Read stories like the Chronicles of Narnia with them that captures their imagination. And let them catch you reading your Bible, not for them, but for you, because it makes a difference in your life. You know, last week when you were mad at something else, but you yelled at them, did you ever apologize to them about that? Did you go back and say, you know, honey, I'm so sorry. I wasn't mad at you. This happened, and it just got me angry, and you stepped in, and you didn't deserve that. I'm sorry. Do they ever see you do that kind of thing? So they know. Listen, I not only make mistakes, I own up to them. I work my way back through them. Our children go to the dentist once or twice a year, but we also teach them to brush their teeth every day. Can I say that bringing your kids here to church once a week is great? But they need daily instruction if they are going to build a strong spiritual foundation. That's why here at MCC, for our littlest babies, we provide warm 
uh, nurseries with warm people, men and women who love babies, not just who need to be in the nursery, they love babies, because we believe that our youngest children are learning about God's family every time they're picked up and rocked, every time someone sings them a song, every time someone changes their diaper. Listen, that's why we provide not just child care here, but quality classes where children can learn. We have people in our classroom, like Chelsea, Right, using all kinds of creativity and going crazy with the kids. And they use technology and a lot of love because we want our children to not just learn about God, we want them to want to learn about God in a great environment. Our student ministry, we want them to learn that being part of God's family is about building relationships with each other and quite frankly, just learning to get along and how to enjoy each other because that's a lesson we all need to have as we grow older. Listen, if you've ever worked in our children's ministry, I mean ever, all the way back, if years, decades ago, you worked in our children's ministry or you are currently, would you just raise your hand? We just see who you are. Take a look around the room. Check that out. You guys are awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you. I, you, are, you are making an impact on children today who become adults tomorrow who make an impact on children the next day. That's how important what you're doing is. And I want to encourage you, if you are not part of this vital ministry here at MCC, see me this morning. I'm going to make my way back up to this area this morning after the service. I'll just stay here. If you, if you say, man, I'm interested, I want you to be part of the team. All right? Listen, one more thing that I want to make sure you catch uh, from all of this. MCC shows that it loves the next generation by the way we embrace the future. As a matter of fact, read that, and maybe you want to write this next to it, change by the way we change. Jim Mulatto said this, it's on your notes. Everybody knows that our culture is changing at an alarming rate. The church must adjust to continue connecting the unchanging message of God's love with changing people. Change is not an option for churches. All churches either change to continue prevailing or they change by becoming irrelevant to people and eventually disappear. We have a saying in our leadership, uh, and, and maybe you've heard, you've heard us, I know you've heard me talk about it before, uh, and maybe you've heard this saying before, methods are many, principles are few, principles never change, but methods, but methods always do, right. Now, just so perspective for that, we keep in mind what God said in the book of Malachi, I am the Lord, I do not change. Listen, we understand, God does not change. What he has said does not change. What the Bible says, the truth of the Bible does not change. And we will continue to teach what the Bible says, but we will also continue to change our methods for reaching people with the unchanging word of God because people are changing all the time. Brad Herzog said, reverence for the past is important, but so is regard for the future. Lyle Schaller said, there are only two constants in the world, Christ and change. I do not believe I'll be preaching in 50 years. Most of you may think, gosh, isn't that about how long he preaches on Sunday mornings? Um, but here's what I hope. I hope that I leave something behind me that lasts way beyond my lifetime, way beyond my ministry. I mean, isn't that what you want? That when you're gone, there's something of you that has stayed and is still influencing generations when it comes to our children in the future, as the church here, as the church at home, here's the reality. They're watching us because hearing what we say isn't nearly as impactful as watching what we do. This past week, you may have heard, our offices were broken into. 
And two of us walked in on the person while they were just tossing our offices. And fortunately, we saw them, but they did not see us. And so we were able to get out. Police were called. The person was apprehended hours later. Uh, we didn't get into the building until the afternoon. Uh, we were allowed back in to clean up the mess. And it took almost two dozen people over three hours plus repair time to get the building back in shape, our offices specifically back in shape. And I'll tell you, we were kind of shook up by that whole experience. Uh, to this day, I'm finding it still is lingering in the back of my mind. But as we finished cleaning up the mess that day, our staff got in a circle and we prayed for the person who had broken into our offices and we prayed for their families. And then this morning, just in case you ever wonder what type of person leads you in worship, Jen, uh, before services this morning, every week we pray for everyone who's walking in. So we prayed for you this morning. Um, and we prayed for that young man and for his family. And I will tell you, truthfully, for me, it wasn't my first thought to pray for him. That was not the first thing that came into my mind. Someone else actually suggested it. But we did that. Because that's how a child knows what's really important to us. They watch the things that we say. Uh, but... They're looking for the kind of words that we use. And then they watch where we go because they're kind of interested in what kind of places it's okay for Jesus followers to go. They watch the things that we do, especially on days that are very difficult. They watch how we respond to that. And they want to see, are we adapting to reach our world today? And are we willing to adapt to reach their world, which is coming in right behind ours? And it's changing. And they need to know, are we willing to do that? So as a church, our next step, listen, for you uh, individually, maybe for you it's all about impressing your faith on your kids at home. Being very, maybe just not been as intentional about that as you had anticipated or intended to be. Now's the time. Start. Begin today. Be intentional with your children to uh, impress your faith on them. And it's, listen, it's not just your kids. It's the kids that you have influence in their lives. They may be relatives. They may be neighborhood kids. They may be kids here. I want to encourage you to, that, that's our privilege and responsibility, to impress our faith on them. And I want to encourage you, if you're not, and you love children, be part of our children or our student ministry. I said a few weeks ago, I think it was, if you do not love children, we do not want you back there, all right? Just to be real clear, if you don't love kids, stay away from our children's ministry, go do something else. Um, but people who love children and love God and just the idea of bringing them together just warms your heart. We want you in our children's and, and our student ministry. I'll be right, if you want to do that, I'll be right up here afterwards today. VBS starts tomorrow night. Bring your kids, invite your neighbor's kids, pray, pray for what's going on. Can I encourage you, maybe your next step, and this is sometimes difficult for us as adults, embrace change, not for your sake, but for the sake of the future. We have generations coming behind us, and they're not like us. They're different than us, and we need to continue to change to reach into their lives. Maybe today your next step is to give your life to Jesus. I saw Troy do that earlier. Maybe that's your step too. Listen, we're going to close our service today uh, honoring our graduates. And, and they are quite something, by the way. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to invite you to watch the screen uh, as we do that. God, thank you for who you have been in our lives. 
And God, thank you that you don't change. <laughs> that, that, that while we continue to learn new things about you, it's not because you're changing, it's because we're growing. And we're just seeing more of who you are. God, that we have the, not just the opportunity to learn that and to, to and have that poured into us, we have the chance to let it pour right through us into the lives of the next generations. And God, I pray that we will, and as a church, that even though change can sometimes be difficult and, and, and things aren't the same as they were yesterday, that we will always look forward to what the impact it has on the generations behind us. God, I'm so thankful to be part of a church that's not afraid to risk and to, and to, to uh, take chances to, as we reach into people's lives. And God, we pray you'll use us. And as we, these images that we're about to see, God, thank you for our graduates. Thank you for their lives. And that what you will do through them, we just, we get to marvel at not just who they become as people, but what you will do through their lives as they reach into the world in the name of your son, Jesus. And God, it's in his name that we pray. Amen.